Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the podcast dedicated to reviewing, <laughs> to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. What the hell am I doing here? I don't belong here. I'm Hannah. I'm sorry. I had to make one. I told myself I would only make one creep by Radiohead joke, and I I wanted to get it out right of the way quickly, the so I wasn't thinking about when would be the perfect time to do it. You just gotta gotta go out of the gate, you know? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I uh, hey, I'm you. I'm all for that. It's a good a good intro. Yeah. I mean, Radiohead is sad boy music, but it it's at least good sad boy music, so I don't mind it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we watched Creep. We and, did. And that didn't give you any hints. <laughs> yes, we did. Oh man, that one Ugh. got me. That one got me. I I relish the feeling of fear because I don't. Once you kind of hit those existential questions, like a lot of things that are like scary, like oh my head's gonna explode, or oh like my arm's gone in Saw. Like it's just not as scary as questions of like, do I have, do I matter? Do the people I love love me back? Kind of those kind of questions that that fucks me up. But this one got me because like, what are questions of existentialism in comparison with is there a man in my house who won't stop sending me lockets? Yeah, yeah. Was- I think the reason why this was so scary was because it's rooted way more in realism than any horror film we've watched recently. Definitely, like this, a hundred percent feels like it could happen. Um. Mm-hmm. With a few mm-hmm. exceptions of like just the choices the characters make, but like even so, like it could still happen. If anything, this film is a great reminder of the importance of boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So let's get into it. Um. I guess also for context, this is the first time that I that any of us had seen this movie. Um, which, that's kind of rare, actually. Like, typically for Netflix and Kill, I would say we tend to pick movies that at least one of us have seen already. Um, Mm -hmm. because we just watch a lot of horror movies, but none of us had seen this movie Mm -hmm. and we heard it was good. So we were like, okay, let's just watch this. And, uh, I can't speak for you two, but I'm definitely kind of rattled. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Call my goose is bumped. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, this was really, I mean, like, the story was very fucked up, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I really enjoyed it, but also, like, I, I recognize that, like, for some people, like, the content here could be, like, super triggering, so if, if anybody has, like, a problem with uh, stalking or like they mentioned yeah. sexual, sexual assault. assault. Yeah, sexual yeah. assault. Um, I think just I if know, you have a, a fear that things. someone is in your house and you're not alone, I think this is a really bad yeah. time. I'm not even afraid of that. Yeah. Now I am. I know, right? I keep like looking over my shoulder. Um, yeah, I keep doing that. I too. have this <laughs> so in my office, <laughs> which I like. I have a little corner that's my podcast area. Um, but then I have in another corner a cardboard cutout of David Tennant. Um, yes, I was a super who lock. 
when I was <laughs> yes. in high school. Why do you ask? Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know. The important thing is who you I'm... have the cardboard cut out of. It's not Sherlock and it's not Supernatural. It's the good one. I stand by Doctor Who, especially the RTD. Yeah, I stand years. by Doctor Who also. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, like every now and good. then I'll catch a glimpse of him out of the corner of my eye and I'll be like, holy shit, someone's <laughs> in. Still to this day, I've had him for years and still like I, I do that. But um, he's just watching over me. So he's your help. he's your little angel or whatever. Yeah, he's here to protect me from the the weeping angel. Amazing. Um, my my thing is like so I record in my room um and there's just like a big space behind my desk. And so like I just keep having this feeling that like something is filling up the space behind me. Yeah. And like with with the What's end of that about- movie that's very disconcerting. <laughs> What's great about my room is it's pretty tiny and I don't I have a lot of stuff in it. So like I I tell myself I'm messy strategically so that if someone comes into my room, they have to make noise. That's a good hey, idea. That's smart. Yeah. That reminds me of, um, do you guys remember the second Scary Godmother movie where Jimmy, like, he, like, makes a whole huge pile of clothes on the ground so that if monsters come into his room, they, they trip on it? <laughs> Hell, I haven't even seen the first one. You haven't? For some reason, well, actually, I no, you showed it, it to me. No, yeah, you showed we, me the first one. I didn't see the second one. Okay. The second one? I it's almost better. I remember, it's really funny. Yeah, I remember the I, gay skeleton, and I love him. Yes. yes. That's that's Scully. <laughs> <laughs> Just about everyone in, in that movie is queer-coded. It's one of my favorites. One of my favorite little Halloween bumps from the early 2000s. Yes. Um, but... Enough about that. Um, Quick, someone think it. of a segue from Scary Godmother to Creep from 2014. Um, the real monster um, is not a, a, a wolf, but a man. I don't know. There's a the, the guy in this movie is obsessed with wolves for oh whatever my gosh. reason. Yeah. Oh, Which, like, that also is so true to life. Mm-hmm. Like, every... And so, like wolves he's are, a lone wolf wolves are one of my favorite animals i was obsessed with wolves as a kid yes i did in fact mm-hmm. um spend many years pretending i was balto uh but like <laughs> but like nice every adult man i've ever met who is obsessed with wolves is like shady because they're also hung up on this idea of like alpha which is not a real thing which, by like, the way yeah like that is not scientifically accurate um but to me the only acceptable reason to like a wolf is one you watched balto as a kid two big dog yeah big dog (laughs) big dog big dog run big uh roping in all the mcelroy fans i'm trying to i'm trying to (laughs) (laughs) got him I'm trying to think if I w- what animal I was obsessed with as a kid, and I think for the most part it was owls. Oh, yeah. I pretended to be a cat for a solid enough of my childhood that my parents were a little concerned. Um, oh, but then hard I- same. <laughs> I was about yeah. to say, um, I'm glad we're saying this on air because my mom listens to this show and uh, she will know <laughs> that I was not the only child who pretended to be an animal for way too long. 
Well, yeah. apparently it's a normal thing because, like, my a couple of my teachers were like, "Yeah, my kid also does this." But then I talked to your mom, and she's and you turned out fine. And I'm like, "Oh, I guess I'm this I'm the standard, but I guess I'm not anymore. <laughs> we're all the crazy cat kid." Yeah, um, I was a warrior cats kid also. So like that. Oh yeah, that was like a whole phase of my childhood and early teenage years. We need to actually start talking about the movie. Um, so yeah, so this guy has a wolf persona or a fursona, if you will, um, named Peach Fuzz. Yeah, and he but tells yeah, some let's really start, fucked let's start up from the stories beginning. about it. <laughs> okay, let's, let's start from the beginning before yeah, we get to okay, Peach yeah. Fuzz. So the movie okay. <laughs> follows Aaron, who um, gets hired by this guy named Joseph to come in and film him for a day. So like basically. Joseph tells him, like, oh, I'm dying of cancer, and my wife is pregnant, and, like, I'll never get to meet our kid, so I just want to leave, like, a video diary behind for our kid. So it's like, okay, well, that seems normal enough. Um, But very quickly, this guy just starts asking, or acting very strange. Um, So, like, one of he the first- He keeps acting like a creep. <laughs> a- a- but yeah, like, one of the- drop. One of the first things he does as soon as this stranger is in his house to film him is he's like, okay, follow me. I'm going to go take a bath. And so like... He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. So he like gets in the bath and basically acts out as if he's giving his baby a bath. And it's... He's like, it's Toby time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really disturbing. It's really and like, it, it's... So much of it, so like, uh, so much of this film is dependent on the performances. It's literally just these. Oh two. my god, they n- the whole the movie. guy who plays Joseph nails it. He's yeah. so yeah, creepy, he, he but he's it. also like a guy. Like he looks normal. Like mm-hmm. there's a couple mm-hmm. movies with like if I saw Anthony Hopkins just running around in the wild, I would definitely <laughs> yeah. assume just from first glance that man is a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. But, like, this guy, I'm like, he's just off-putting enough that you could be like, okay, he's a little weird, wait. but he's just some guy, it doesn't matter. Wait, I think we were, while we were watching the movie, we were like, this guy kind of looks like Sam Raimi, or at least one of the <laughs> Raimi brothers. Mm-hmm. And, and after that point, I was like, yeah, this feels like if one of them were a serial killer, the, then, like, they would actually like this. <laughs> yeah, this feels like if a Raimi got let off the leash. <laughs> I hate how accurate that is. And the way he behaves, like the oversharing, but the kind of politeness of like trying to include you and get you to open up to, that's something that like a lot mm-hmm. of like, I've met a lot of lonely people in retail and as a server at a restaurant who like will take any opportunity to try to like get Talk. you into there and like to an uncomfortable level of like, hey, let's hang out. Here's my phone number. And not like in a... Like, like, it's not like a weird, like, uh, here's my phone number. It's like this guy is genuinely sincere and it's terrifying me because I don't know his intentions, which makes me that much more scared of him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we've all been in that situation before where someone's like Mm -hmm. being really overbearing and you're like, okay, like, I don't really want to just spend all this time with a stranger, but like, I feel bad telling you no. Like, oh no, what do I do? Yeah. There were people when I was in school that were like that where they they kind of 
take advantage of your kindness Mm -hmm. to the point where they kind of end up acting like they own you yeah which like like, that i don't i don't know to how much of a degree like i would compare them to the character in this movie but like there there's just like you know a a certain kind of weird feeling you get from some people Mm -hmm. where they just kind of you know you you don't say no to them and so then they, they have the foot in the door and so they'll keep going with stuff that you know makes you uncomfortable yeah they keep like pushing your boundaries like you set a line and then they like somehow end up convincing you to move the line again and they just keep like encroaching on your boundaries um yeah and and i kind of like what this movie has ends up having to say about that and like pointing out like the danger of like letting people keep in encroaching on your boundaries yeah Mm -hmm. yeah they spend the day together like filming and um they go hiking in the middle of the woods and like end up at this uh little pond it's like he makes up some fake ass name for it about like the running waters of the heart or something in spanish los aguas de corazon or something and then uh then like they get to the top where like that like pond is supposed to be and it literally just says sewage pipe <laughs> yeah i think the first moment when i'm like besides tubby time where i was like oh my god dude please quit and run away was he was like um joseph do you know where we are and joseph's like no i have no idea where we are I don't think about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh my god, you're alone in the woods with someone you don't know. Legitimately, like, if he didn't walk out at at tubby time, which he should (laughs) have, like, like, that moment then should have been like, hey, I'm just gonna turn around and go. (laughs) Yeah. So, that's creepy. He, oh, there's like this rock. That he calls the heart rock, and he carves a heart in it, and then puts their initials. But, like, you don't... So, he says that his wife's name... What does he say her name is? Like, Allison or something? Angela. Angela, yeah. Angela. So, like... Yeah. Yeah, you think, like, oh, maybe he's just carving his and Angela's initials, but, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, um, you find out that <laughs> it's it's actually Aaron's initial. Yeah. Uh, what else so they go they end up going to this diner and eating pancakes and like he's like he's like trying to figure out what's on the menu but like literally early on he said that like he's been there before which is like a blatant lie yeah and then like he's um trying to get Aaron to tell embarrassing stories about himself yeah and so Aaron just like spills this whole story about how when he was a kid he used to piss himself and then his mom I will put say, an alarm on him to make him not piss himself anymore or something. In Aaron's defense, he was very matter-of-fact about it. Like, he didn't seem, like, presently ashamed. He was like, this was the yeah. first time I experienced shame. But he just related, like, yeah, I was a kid. Kids piss themselves. What are you gonna do? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, everyone's done that as a kid. So then, like... Joseph's story is, um, oh, yeah, I was taking pictures of you secretly. 
And, like, I feel embarrassed about it now, but I just want to lay that out on the table now so we're good, you know, so there's no more awkwardness between us. And It's like, buddy, that we're way past awkward. Yeah, like, like if... <laughs> and the, Aaron's fine with it! Yeah, he's just kind of well, like... Well, I mean, he said that he was taking pictures in case he, he felt threatened when he came up or whatever. Yeah. And like, so, like, he's making all these excuses that make him sound like... He's just kind of neurotic when, when in reality he's like, you know, an actual serial killer. Yeah. So, um. Well, and it's one thing when your behavior is like reflective of you and the things you are doing. It's a whole other thing when it affects the people around you, like stalking people and you're like, oh, that's just cause I'm, I'm nervous. I'm like, nope, nope, not an excuse. You did that to well, someone else. I mean, like- it's not just about you now. <laughs> I mean, like, at that point, yeah, no, like, the, extremely inexcusable, but, like, the taking pictures thing, or, like, the the thing with, like, having a creepy, weird mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we, so we had mentioned that, but that's another thing he does when he's, like, showing Aaron around his house. He's like, oh, yeah, he has a- my dad used to wear this wolf mask, and, like, you know, it's just a nice memory for me. And he does like this weird little dance. Um, I'm Peach Fuzz. Don't be scared of me. And it's like, um, that's the s- fucking scariest wolf yeah. mask I've ever seen. Brother- Kids can't even handle Mickey Mouse or Cinderella <laughs> without bawling their eyes out. You think they're going to look at some goddamn nightmare from a Guillermo del Toro R-rated <laughs> pick and go, yes, let me hug that, please. Yeah. You dummy. But yeah, so that happens, um, and then at the end of the night, like, Aaron's getting ready to leave, and, um, Joseph keeps asking him, like, oh, wait, no, you gotta stay, I'm gonna pour out some whiskey for us, like, come on, stay just a little bit longer, and- He, he like, says it, though, in, like, such a way that it sounds really malicious, and it's like, how did you not turn around from that? Yeah, it's like the other stuff that happens earlier in the day, it's like I kind of get where he could, like, where it's easy to brush it off and be like, oh, he's just being a little mm-hmm. odd. But, like, that, it's like, okay, once it's the end of the day and my job is done, I'm not staying to hang out with this guy. Yeah. Right. Well, and the- what was it? There's this moment where he's um at the bottom of the stairs and he's looking up at um Joseph silhouetted by the light and it's mm-hmm. like the poster of the movie. It's really creepy because you don't see any of Joseph's facial features at all. You just see him mm-hmm. staring down at Hugh in this form and this very yeah. like innocuous voice going, "Don't you want some whiskey? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to celebrate?" And it's just yeah. oh, it's so effective. It's very creepy. Yeah. And like I don't know, as people who are of marginalized genders, um, I feel like it's a lot easier for us to see red flags than, like, someone who, who is like Aaron, who is, like, a cis man. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, I tried to remember that while we were watching the movie, because, you know, I kept wanting to say, like, oh my gosh, what an idiot, like, why is he doing this? But I tried to remember, because- like, oh, well, he's not socialized to be suspicious of every interaction um because like that's you know how it is when you go in the world and you know either you are or you look like a woman then like you just have to be more suspicious of everybody because there are Mm -hmm. people who like view you as vulnerable Mm -hmm. well there's something here too about like the this idea of politeness 
that I think is getting a little more widespread. Yeah. But again, I, I agree that it's more, we talk about it more in marginalized communities because we have to, but like, it is a danger for everybody because like, you never yeah. know who, who is going to want to hurt you. So like, if it's happened to a cis man, mm -hmm. their pain is just as legitimate as anyone else. And they deserve to be warned just like everybody else. Cause no one deserves something like this to happen to them. Yeah. Um, but what was I, I thought I was thinking, oh yeah, just this idea of politeness where we're so afraid to like be rude to somebody that we let them keep in, in, encroaching on our boundaries more and more and more rather than just yell, hey, get the fuck away from me. Which, yeah, which to be fair, sometimes I have, I am very wary of people in public spaces and sometimes I like going with someone who is very polite because then we have the good guy and the bad guy and like I'm in charge of making sure the situation, we always yeah. stay in a public area and then they're in charge of like, okay, you do that, but I'm not going to like alienate this person because they may just be an, a nice person. I don't know. It's complicated. The world is terrifying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah but anyway so he agrees to stay um yeah. and like a bad choice so they get to drinking and they're both getting a little tipsy and then um oh god the jo confession yeah joseph is like okay so yeah oh, he's like and and trigger warning for sexual assault which probably didn't even happen but it's still creepy um yeah he's like he's like yeah i actually lied to you about this wolf mask i had and um he was like so the real story behind it is like our internet wasn't working very well for a while so i went and looked like i was gonna clear the browser history to see if that would make it faster and i saw all this animal porn in the browser history and i wasn't looking at it so i know it must have been my wife and so, like, when I asked her about it, she said she didn't know what it was. And he's like, but I know she's, like, into that. So, one day, I left her by herself and went and bought a wolf mask. And then I broke into the house wearing the wolf mask and tied her to the bed and had, it, like, animalistic sex with her. And she really liked it. And then I came back as myself and I pretended, like, I didn't know what had happened. And, like... That's a lot to dump on someone. Like, right yeah. there. You know, if this, if Aaron wasn't already getting bad vibes, that's like, that's where you get up and run. Yeah, no, a stranger just like revealing to you out of the blue that he raped his wife, supposedly, like, mm, no thanks. Yeah. And that is the moment where Aaron's like, okay, time to go. Goodbye. Yeah. But then he can't find his yeah. car keys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, like, Joseph stole his car keys, so what he does is he, um, uh, apparently he took a whole bunch of Benadryl and dissolved it into the whiskey that they were drinking. Yeah. And basically tried to, tried to get, um, Joseph basically, like, knocked out so that he could search for his keys on his person because he knew that that's where they were. Mm -hmm. Um, which... Kind of smart, but also very stupid because he he woke he woke up. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. In that scenario, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, I actually thought that was like the smartest thing he did in this movie was like, and like I'm not advocating like making people fall asleep, but like if a guy is literally trapping you in his house, 
can't get out you know yeah 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 so um as he's trying to get the keys uh joseph's phone rings yeah and so um aaron answers it and it's uh what did we say her name was angela angela and she's like asking about him and stuff and uh during their conversation he finds out that she's not joseph's wife she's his sister and she tells Aaron, like, okay, yeah, you need to leave right now. Um, it's not really safe for you to be there. <laughs> and then they... Just walk out of the house is what she keeps saying. Yeah. And they get disconnected mm-hmm. and, like, okay, bad signs. Um, mm-hmm. So... And this movie is also so good at building up the threat of Joseph. And then when he's not there, like he comes out of the bathroom and he's gone from the place where he passed out, my heart rate, I gasped audibly. I was like, oh no, 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 no. And like just the adrenaline and the feeling of fear is something I don't get to experience a lot in a, like, you know, when it's fun. There is Mm -hmm. a time when fear is fun and not fun. And this was fun fear because, you know, you're not in any real danger, but like I felt my heart pounding and it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh um, so there's like a point right there where like Aaron does a double take and like for whatever reason like I could not stop laughing at the double take that he does just because like it like it was just like you know just like that very classic like com- it was cartoonish almost. Take. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I don't know if it's unintentionally funny but it's very like like funny to me i think so it has an evil dead vibe i think it it's darkly funny yeah to me it's like the kind of funny that like when something really uncomfortable happens and like you just laugh out of instincts that's how this movie makes me feel like Like, oh like that you mentioned cringe humor i think that they're very much playing off of that but like treating it seriously yeah, like, very obviously, like, if it were an actual person in these situations, it would not be as funny as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that, like, it's, like, you you know it's staged because it's a movie. Um, and, like, I don't know, they, they, like, add in moments where, like, you're just, you, you're supposed to laugh. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, there's moments where, like, you you clearly know the things he's doing are wrong, but the way he says them is just very funny. Like, when Aaron's trying to get out, he's like, Aaron, did my wolf story freak you out? And I'm just, it's like, of course it fucking did, you dingus. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we have this whole sequence of Aaron just looking around the house, like, okay, where did this guy go? And that, oh my gosh. It's so creepy. And then he, like, he, like, walks out of the house because he's fixing to leave. And then he's, like, outside of the door already. And he's, like, I don't know if he's, like, actually drugged up or, like, actually crying. But he's, like, like, crying at him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I know I'm messed up. I'm I'm a messed up person. (laughs) Like... Well, he's talking about, like, how scary death is, and he's so scared Mm -hmm. of death, and then he's like, bro, I know, I talked to Angela, and then he just yeets out of there, he just runs. Yeah, he just bolts Mm -hmm. back inside, and um, gets the freaking wolf mask. Yeah. And And he's, like, like, blocking the door so he can't get out. Um, And from there, you just kind of see, like, 
because, you know, this is still being filmed from Aaron's point of view. So you see the camera shake as, like, they start to kind of scuffle. And mm-hmm. he's like, get out of the way. Yeah. I want to go home. <laughs> um, And then it cuts to later where um, Aaron manages to get away. But now um, Joseph will not leave him alone and keeps sending him videos, like, that are really, like... Uh, implying something dark. So, like, there's a video of him burying trash bags in the middle of the woods. And Aaron's like, is this supposed to be, like, him burying a body? Which, uh, it probably is. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. the next thing that he gets in the mail is, like, a big package, which, honestly, why was it that big? The, The only things that were in there were a knife, a CD, and then a plush wolf with, uh, something in it. Um, and so, like, he pops the the CD in from that one, and then, uh, what's playing is basically just, like, he's, like, explaining about, like, I like wolves, I'm sorry that I scared you, or whatever, and me sending that, that tape to you was impulsive, and I have bad impulse, like, impulses, or whatever, Mm-hmm. And then, like, he basically tells him, like, cut, like, cut open the wolf plushie, and so he does, and there's the the locket, there's a locket inside, and, um, it has, uh, his hair in it, um, it has Joseph's hair in it, I think, and it says J&A forever on it with pictures of the both of them inside, <laughs> and it's, uh, fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, at this point, he's pretty freaked out, so he tries to call the police, um, but he doesn't really have that much information, because, like, the house that they had originally met at was a rental, um, mm-hmm. and, like, he doesn't know Joseph's last name, which, okay, why would you accept a job from someone where you don't know their last name? Um but, you know, I guess I get it, like, if he's really desperate or something, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, he there was a whole, like, sequence where he was, like, saying, like, they were saying he was desperate for money. And so that's why, like... Yeah. Because, like, because mm-hmm. uh, Joseph, like, has this whole thing. He's like, I have an excessive amount of wealth and I want to give you money. And he's like, you don't have to do that. And he's like, well, there's a, a check in your in your shoe. And so... Aaron goes to check his shoe, and he's like, gotcha, there's nothing there, but you looked, which means you need money. And it's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's yet another moment of him, like, backtracking, like, oh, haha, I was just lying, I'm not actually rich. Um, yeah. So, like, okay, dude. Uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah. so he tries to contact the police, but there's not really anything they can do, because, um, you know, like, he doesn't have- okay. A- this was the moment where I, like, I was trying not to be like, okay, you dummy, wummy, but also when he was like, yeah, I don't know his last name, I was like, you went to a man's house, you filmed him, you spent eight hours with him, and you didn't even know his last name! And I don't even know his <laughs> last name! Yeah. <laughs> Although I feel like the- My mom! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I do feel like the police could have been more helpful. Like, they just don't even seem concerned at all. Because he's like, okay, this guy mm-hmm. mailed a knife to me. And, like, 
you know he, they don't he mailed me a locket with his hair in it and a yeah. stalker pick inside and i don't even think he mentioned many of those things in the call but yeah. maybe i missed that he just mentions more like oh this guy's been stalking me and sending me creepy videos he does say that he got that the guy mailed him a knife um yeah but yeah uh so then like there's several clips of him like filming himself at night which is kind of smart, I guess, because maybe, like, he thinks, you know, in case someone comes into his room at night, at least he'll have it on camera, I mm -hmm. think, is his thought he's process. He's, like, recording his dreams about how he's, like, having, you know, dreams about him and Joseph in a hot tub, and then he's a baby, and he's having tubbies. Yeah, the it's dream so... sequences were kind of... Uh, again, those moments did make me like Aaron because he was speaking about them very matter-of-factly. Like, he wasn't mm -hmm. judging himself for having them. He was just like, man, I'm having these dreams. I know yeah. why, but and wow, what a time. Up. Please help me. <laughs> and like, I don't know, I, I kind of like that about him. He's It, it shows yeah. maybe he has some therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, yeah. Guess they didn't get to the part about boundaries yet. Yeah. Yeah, well... There are, like, two instances here of him having those dreams. And then on the second one, he wakes up and then he hears banging on, like, the door or something in his house. And then he's like, nope, nope, nope. Lights, all the lights are going on. And then he's, like, walking around the house, but he left the camera in place and running. And then you just, you just see Joseph in the back window. Yeah. Of, uh of the house Ooh, that's like and he's just standing there and it's so creepy that's one of my favorite kind of scares in horror movies when like there's something in the background that the character doesn't notice i'm like Ugh, that's the one that gets me every single time mm -hmm. like th that happened mm -hmm. in uh the strangers too right i screamed audibly but this one was so much more effective i think because of the found footage format like mm -hmm. I don't know, it just felt so much more real because there wasn't all these bells and whistles. Like, most of the camera work is very unremarkable to me. Like, it's just a yeah. guy carrying around a camera. There are only one or two moments that, like, really stand out visually in my mind, and that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, damn. That, that was, like, that was one of the best, like, parts that, like, really, like, that got to me. Like, like, there... This movie is genuinely horrifying, and like that's that moment alone is just like one of the the many other moments that just like seal it in. God damn this movie! This movie, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Um, so he does. This is another stupid decision that I'm like, really, why mm. would you do this? Um, he goes outside. To investigate. Oh my god. And he's like, oh, and he, he leaves the door open. Yeah. It's like, this why? Man. Why? Why would you do that? And so when he goes outside, he sees that the trash can's been knocked over and rifled through. And he's like, oh, it's just the raccoons. Um, mm, not the raccoons. Yeah. I'm like, it's not the raccoons, okay, buddy. Use your brain. Um, so then, then we get a footage of Aaron asleep and he's being filmed. Gee, I wonder who's mm. filming him. Um, the camera starts kind of moving around him and we see a, a hand with a pair of scissors like cut some of Aaron's hair off and uh... that was a moment that really got to me just yeah. oh, just 
it's so simple too. Like they don't do anything, but you just know who it is and why they're doing it. And oh my god, yeah. oh yeah. I hate it. I hate the idea of people watching me sleep when like I know they're there. You know, like when you're asleep next to a partner or you're at a slumber party or something. I just hate the idea of being watched while I sleep. And yeah. the idea that it's a stranger is so much worse. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Gross. Yeah, so that happens, and then um, Joseph sends him another video. Oh, yeah, so he actually, like, rips through the screen on his window and, like, leaves it, like, pushed into the screen on Aaron's bedroom window. Again, super creepy. It says the last creepy. video or whatever. Yeah, so he sends another video, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm really, like, sad about what happened, because I just thought I could trust you, and I... I'm just super lonely and I really need a friend. And like, he holds up the locket. He's like, I found this in your trash. And uh, I'm just really hurt that you would throw this out. Cause I like, you know, I thought we had like a friendship, but you know, you just wanted to throw that away. And mm -hmm. so he's like, uh, can we just meet one last time at this park? Like it's an open area where it's in public and we'll meet during daylight hours and it'll be totally fine. I just want to like clear the air between us. Um, it very much read like a post breakup text yeah. or a post friend fallout text yeah. of like, I'm sorry, forgive me. Let's talk it out. I promise I can change. And I mean, like, this guy is obsessed it's convincing, with but it's convincing of... in the moment because yeah. like the good, the part of you that's a good person wants to believe that people can change. And I do yeah. believe people can change, but at the same time, you don't owe them anything if they've broken yeah. your trust. Yeah. And I mean, on top of the, that, this person is just like a stalker. Yeah. Well, he's done. It's the same thing of any apology text or video. They've done nothing, absolutely nothing to show that they mean what they say. Absolutely mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah. He has done exactly the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, so like Aaron agrees to meet with him. He's he's like, I have the police on speed dial. Which, why why didn't you just like go to the police, give them the thing that says, hey, um, I want to meet you in a public open place, and then like have the police show up with you, so that if this guy pulls any shit, then like the police will be there to stop him. Mm hmm. But, like, no. They just... He's just, like... He just goes in alone. Yeah. He said, I'll sit um, on a bench and stare in one direction until I feel safe. And yeah. he did, and then... <sighs> God. Yeah, so he sets up his There's... phone to film himself. Which I guess, like, you know, he means to do, like, in case anything happens. At least he has video yeah. evidence. But, like, it doesn't help if he's dead. Which, spoiler yeah. alert, that's what happens. Um, yeah, he yeah. comes up behind him with an axe that was, like, established in the beginning, and he, like, flips his coat aside like he's fucking yeah. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and then just, you know. Yeah, he I thought, just I thought they were gonna, too. I thought they were going to cheap out on us because there was that part in the middle of the film where you think he killed Aaron, and I was like, oh, this is cheap. They're cheating me. I thought they were going to cut to black right before the axe made impact with his head, and they would be like, and then they were never found again. But no, they... they they impressed they, me. They, they just yeah, they split that man's showed. head right open. Yeah. 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 And so the the movie ends and Joseph, which now we don't even know that's his real name, um, is uh watching the tape and he's like, 
This is my favorite because you never turned around even once. You could have seen me at any point with that axe and like you didn't. And he's like, that means that you thought of me as someone who could change and that makes you one of my favorites. And then he opens a cabinet full of all of these other snuff film tapes of people dying. And you're like, cool, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there is um, a sequel, so I really want to watch that because yeah. I'm curious if they go more into his, like him and Angela. Because he does have a sister. Like, she knows who he is and what he does. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. clearly this is a pattern. He says he... sisters, so he, ha- he at least has more than one. Wait, what? Well, there, at one point in one of his things, he says, my sisters. So, like, he probably has more than one sister. Yeah. Huh. Maybe. The um, Angela I know for but sure exists. That, that could also be a lie, but we, yeah. Yeah. He has yeah. at least one Basically, sister. Basically, like, yeah, that's the only thing we truly know about him, is that he has a sister. Um, yeah. Because, like, we were talking about this a little bit after the movie was over. Like, I think that everything about him is a lie. I mean, that's yeah pretty mm-hmm. much a given. And I think, like, the whole act of, like, being awkward and stuff is a lie also. I think that he's yeah. actually, like, meticulously planned this. Um, yeah. And he's putting on an act of being kind of awkward and weird. Because yeah. people, like, even though... It creeps you out. It also, like, makes you dismiss it. Because you're like, oh, this guy just has some mental issues, but he's, like, harmless, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like you're you're preying upon uh, the empathy of other human beings in order to gain their trust and kill them. Mm -hmm. Which is very, very scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And damn, is that not realistic? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's something to be said about this movie um and how toxic masculinity uh is like affecting the main characters especially Aaron because I feel like I feel like maybe a lot of the stuff that he's going through he's like just braving through it because he feels like he needs to be a man mm-hmm. you know and, and like I don't know if that's like totally true like what the the writers and the director wanted but like when i'm watching that like anytime he hasn't like done anything it's like because like he just like keeps going with it because like i feel like maybe he needs to like he's like trying to prove to himself that basically like he can handle it you know yeah well and i worry too i i don't want to come off with the wrong message i think masculinity nowadays is a very difficult balancing act because you have to be very Mm -hmm. aware of the privilege you have and you have to be very kind and aware of how your presence affects others but at the same time you also have to respect your own autonomy where like Mm -hmm. i worry he was afraid of coming off as a dick or insensitive so he didn't like assert Mm -hmm. his boundaries because he was afraid of being assertive so i think there's this boundary you have to be careful of Mm -hmm. of yes you do need to respect other people's boundaries but you also need to respect your own boundaries. Like, yeah, everyone, every single human being deserves respect. And yeah, so yeah, you listen to this. You deserve respect. Boom. Message. Yeah. But I hope There's, I didn't come yeah. up. Yeah. No, I think no, I like, said what I meant. I th- Yeah. And like, I feel like that's just like with everybody, but I feel like it, it is a little harder with men, especially if you're trying to be like, 
you know, not not as shitty of a man as men were in the past. You yeah, know? <laughs> like if you're trying to be a good person, um, yeah, that's it's sad to think about, but there are people out there who prey upon good people, and yeah, that's like Jeffrey Dahmer operated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter your gender. Like, you know, people will still try to take advantage of you. Yeah. So, and I think that was... It it was interesting that they also went into the mentality of the people who abuse them of, like... It's like... There's this idea we have of, like, you know, being a good person no matter what. No matter the consequence. Like, yes, you hurt me, but goddammit, I'll save you. It's this kind of hero complex. Or, like, the Mm -hmm. the kind person complex. And, like, I do believe in kindness. I do believe in helping people. But you have to let them, like, prove that they want to be helped or they will respect you enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot mm-hmm. help someone if you are unsafe or you feel that you are your boundaries are being violated. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what it boils down to, really, is boundaries. Yeah. Get them, love them, live them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And learn people's last names before you go to their house, for fuck's sake. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm trying really hard not to be super judgy, but that part really got to me. Yeah. Yeah, like, the the this whole movie is just kind of, you know, there there's a lot to be said about our reactions to it versus, like, what's happening in the movie versus, like, how someone else would react to what's going on in the movie and, like, trying to get into the heads of the characters and all of that. And I feel like that just makes this movie really, really smart that, like, we're all we're all trying to think about, like, why would he keep going with this despite the fact that you can tell he is very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, well, and it's very reflective of real life. Like, why do we keep doing yeah. things that we find uncomfortable? Why do we let yeah, our boundaries like, fall? And, like, that's why I think this movie is so smart, is, like, because it's it's feels so real. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, the found footage aspect really helps with that, and just the, the idea that apparently, like, you know, there's, there's, like, no, he's just a creepy stalker. He's not, like, a, ser- like, well, he is a serial killer, but he's not, like, Leatherface or you know yeah anyone like that and he's mm-hmm. like it, he's like a human character like we have moments with him where he is himself like at the end or like when when the camera is on him during like that weird little breakdown so like there's a there's a part of you that gets manipulated into wanting to empathize with joseph too which is like really really genius in in my mind um and like obviously i don't empathize with him but like in those moments where like you you kind of think oh maybe he is kind of just a little disturbed and then you get to the end and it's like he's totally normal (laughs) despite the fact that like he's a serial killer but like he like acts normal well and it is this fine line too where like we talked about this the other night of people who, like, stand serial killers of, like, there is a reality of they are probably very lonely and very hurt mm-hmm. and they do need help. At the same time, you don't need to put yourself at risk to help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Like, at the end of the it's day, like the, that's it's... nobody's responsibility but their own. Like, you yeah. have to make the choice to be a good person, and, like, no amount of mm-hmm. intervention is going to change that. Like, you know, it can help yeah. you, for sure, to have a support system, but, like, at the end of the day, you still have to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You I, have it's... responsibilities to your support system, just like your support system has responsibilities to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, the thing with people who, like stand serial killers is that like when i look at them or like when i think about them i think of like the fact that the manipulation that a lot of serial killers do in order to gain your trust in order to kill you like it would have worked on those people yeah there's there's something in like that tells me yeah like they would have killed you if given the chance well, and it's and so that, sad that, like, because... Yeah, it's really sad. Well, because th- at the end of the day, they just want to help someone. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. it's something that we should... Like, yeah, of course you want to help people, but... There are some people who, like, will take advantage of that help in any way that they can to the point of serial killing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, like, it's not good to... Like, there's a point of, like... I I kind of see it in the same way I see, like, the paradox of tolerance, where, like, yeah, everyone wants to help someone, but, like, there's a point where, like, you can't keep helping someone because the more you help them, the more they're going to take advantage of you, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm all for letting people change and grow, but if I have to be the one to make them do it, then that's not real change. Yeah. Yeah, they- like it it's on it, it's on the person who's you know who needs to change in order to do that but like it i this is like veering off into like a a a conversation that's not about serial killers and i i'm not sure i wanted to i want to broaden that to a generalization of most people but like very obviously yes like you need you need to take care of yourself and um you know Taking care of others is good, but, like, don't let them take advantage of you. But the the way that serial killers, like, just, like, know how to, like, push the buttons of someone in order to get them to, like, think about, like, sympathy and empathy for, for a person despite the fact that they are uncomfortable in a situation is just, like... It's extremely fascinating and horrifying, and it makes me think about all, like, like, all the times where, like, maybe that would have been something that could have happened to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and for me, I think one thing that frustrates me about, like, true crime and serial killers is we put all the glamour with the killer when really mm-hmm. the people they hurt were probably just trying yeah. to do the right thing. And I think that's mm-hmm. one thing I appreciate about this movie is I really do yeah. feel for Aaron. I yeah. don't yeah. think he's just like some slab yeah. of meat like I would in a normal slasher movie. Like he feels like a character mm-hmm. and I'm interested yeah. by him. And I like that the movie took the time to make these two characters, not just one yeah. really wacky serial killer and then this piece of meat that he's going to kill it. It, yeah. it did it did a good job with that. Yeah. I appreciate it. And I think the acting definitely like, lends to that. So like the yeah. both of the actors in this movie were wrote it and uh one of them was the director. 
Like, it was basically mm-hmm. just the guy these... that played Aaron. Yeah, it was these two guys, like, doing almost everything. Yeah. They did what every film student wishes they could do. Just you and your buddy. Yeah. Writing and directing um, mm-hmm. a fake mockumentary about, like, serial killers. And it works. Yeah. It just, yeah. This the- doesn't happen all the time. This is rare. Going going back to... um the 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 way like the narrative kind of puts you in the shoes of both characters because by the end we're just watching joseph and he's like watching the tv um of like the the film that aaron was making before like he got killed like very obviously he knows he's taking advantage of of him and like revels in that and i feel like that's a very important component to the whole serial killer narrative is that like sometimes there's not a reason why people do what they do except for the fact that they feel satisfaction over having control of someone's life and ending it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that like if like it like people who are into serial killer i can't talk right now if People who are into serial killers take anything from this movie. It should be that. That, like, no matter what the the narrative is of any kind of glamorized documentary about people who murder other people, like, especially, like, if it's, like, Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, all those other guys, they were doing that specifically because they wanted power over another person. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. And, like, that's that's just, like, that little piece that every other, like, serial killer piece of media, especially, like, true crime needs. Like, that, like, these people are just there to manipulate and to, like, watch you squirm and then kill you because they can. Like, that, like, genius. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. I feel like the Joker where I wish that people would take the power and the mythos out of it and just yeah, kind of like this movie does. It, it portrays them as they are, these sad, lonely people who hurt other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and not this, these gods amongst men. Oh my god. Um, I think I've said all that I want to say... Um, do you guys? I'm have excited for Creep too. Oh yeah, I know. We should definitely yeah, talk about that on the podcast. We should definitely watch the second one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were in unison there for a second. <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, like, I I mean, good. Like, I would recommend this movie to anyone who is like kind of into serial killer stuff because you'll probably not be as put off by it as you know, people who don't want to watch it. Um, I think, like, very obviously, because it's rooted in realism, it could be triggering for people, but, like, for the most part, yeah, this is a good one to watch and to, like, take in and uh, just think about for a minute because you can grab so much from it. Yeah. And for the love of God, do not watch it alone. That's my final word yeah, on it. Don't, yeah, don't watch it with friends. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, don't do, do not watch this alone, especially like 
if if you're watching it on a computer because I feel like a lot of the times these kind of uh, found footage films really kind of work better when they're on computers. Um, so yeah, just be careful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys so much. Um, I'm really glad we watched this. Yeah, I'm probably not going to sleep tonight, which is fine because I don't have to work tomorrow, so. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you can, as always, find us on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. We also have a Patreon, and um, any money you throw at us is highly appreciated. It all goes back towards the podcast, and um, yeah. 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 Yeah, thank you again for listening. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to go to sleep tonight. Uh, I'm not going to exit with my normal outro, because I do not want to have nightmares. (laughs) Listen yeah. to some Radiohead and, you know, live your life. Uh, have a good dream. Yeah. You know, this time you get to have a good dream. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Kai. Get I'm giving it like, to him. Yeah. I'm giving it to him. Give, get yourself, you like, a good snack. One something that's not going to give you weird dreams. And just, like, kind of cuddle up in your bed. Maybe with a pet. Yeah. And just, like... Do you, go go like the shark boy and lava girl route where like if you if you dream hard enough then it becomes real but it's all like cookies and shit <laughs> go let, go that route <laughs>